0: Well, good Monday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida.
1: And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for January 10th, episode 2846, brought to you today by Eagle Equine Products. Good morning, Horse World. I have good news and bad news for you on this Monday morning. First, the bad. It's Monday. But the good news is really good. Jamie and Glenn are here to guide you through another week filled with horse talk and a whole lot of fun. Welcome to Horses in the Morning.
0: Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. I got to tell you, I was driving around over the weekend around here in Ocala and everybody has descended on Florida. Florida. The old people are here, the horse people are here, traffic's building, restaurants are full, and uh, things are happening in Florida. It tends to be that people start coming the beginning of December, but they the big descent on the state happens right after Christmas, between Christmas and New Year's. Like, there's farms in our neighborhood here that were just sold for record amounts of money, and we're seeing the people in there now for the first time with their horses, and they'll be here for two months and gone. So... So this tells you a little bit. So some of the farms in this neighborhood that were selling two, three years ago, it's all, it's 400 little horse farms, about five acres. They were selling for 250 to 350. Maybe 400 have had a really nice house are now selling for 700 to a million. Oh my God. And. They're coming in, they're completely redoing the putting up all new fencing, which is very expensive with the price of wood right now because it's all wood fencing down here. So they're doing that, they're putting up buildings, they're they're doing all of this, they're put putting in arenas and all this stuff, and they come for probably eight to ten weeks.
1: That's crazy.
0: And it sits empty literally the rest of the year. They're just sitting there empty, and they have to pay somebody to come in over the summertime to like mow the lawn and stuff, right?
1: Do you follow this Facebook page? It's called Zillow Gone Wild.
0: No, no, oh, it sounds fun though. Oh <laughs> my gosh, it's
1: very entertaining. There is a fifty million dollar mansion in Palm Springs that is available for sale, and if you're a member of, if you follow Zillow Gone Wild, you can like see all the pictures, like the Zillow for it. Oh my gosh. There's like an indoor river that goes through. It's just like a total party pad. Like it is (laughs) insane. And again, for the bargain price of $50 million, not a dang barn on the whole property, worthless to me, but whatever it's, it looks fun. (laughs) Um, but like indoor garage, it just, it's crazy. And and all I want to know is on these, like in your situation, who is buying them? And more importantly, what do they do for a living? Exactly.
0: I mean, there's one there's one I could think about because we drive by it as we're leaving the neighborhood every day. And they they just bought the place. They paid six, seven hundred for it, I think, seven hundred something. And they had all new fencing put up. I mean, doub- and it's all if it's jumpers or dressage people, it's the double fencing, right? It's double mm-hmm. double fenced. And it's Bleeding. always they're yeah. getting smart too. They're not doing square corners anymore. Everybody around here is doing the round corners. Um, so, you know, that's supposed to be safer. So that's all a new thing. And it's all double-fenced, and it's probably four acres. They put a tent – they have a barn that probably holds six, eight horses. And they put a one of those fancy temporary tents up that has stalls in it that probably holds another six or eight more. And they just got here. And it looks like a bunch of teenagers out there doing jumping. Um, and they just got here, and they'll be gone. They'll be gone by the end of March or the middle of March. That's
1: amazing. Yeah. <laughs> But not only who are you, what do you do for a living? That's what I would like to know. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I I don't know. But there's a lot of them here right now in Florida. We're seeing farms go up that you would have seen for, you know, maybe 10-acre farms. They're selling... Plots of land, so you can buy ten acres of land that you could have gotten for less than 100,000 3 three four years ago. Right now, are going for two hundred and fifty to three hundred fifty thousand for the ten acres. No, wow. nothing on it, just ten acres of woods. And then you got to pay to have the woods cut. And our woods are kind of thick here in Florida. So apparently, to get a you know a couple of acres of woods cleared, it's it's around thirty to fifty thousand dollars.
1: So when my mother, at age 75, bought 10 acres in Palatka, Florida, when we thought she was insane, because what 75-year-old woman decides to buy a farm with her 70-year-old husband, Um, apparently we're going to cash in. So that's yeah,
0: good. I don't know about Palatka. Uh, that might be an no, exception to the Palatka rule. Palatka might not be yeah. the, the Did you go to ta- oh, equestrian I need to talk to you about Palatka sometime, because we've camped up there and gone to town. We'll have to talk about that sometime. Oh. Yeah, I've been to that town. <laughs> it's pretty rural. <laughs> uh Horse Lovers Cruisers, if you did not see the video I put on the Facebook page or you did not see the email I sent out, please immediately go over to the Facebook page and watch the video. Um, so, again, if you are signed up for the cruise, go check it out because there are some changes. So head on over there. Uh, auditors will have a Facebook Live tonight where I'm going to introduce the new Sidelines hosts. You heard them last week here do their first episode, and they got pretty good reviews from the focus group. So we're going to we're gonna introduce them tonight in Facebook Live in the auditor room. Uh, just be a quick 10, 15 minute so you get to put faces to the names. Uh, also, we didn't talk about it last week but Bob Saget Sag, Saget dying um ju- died yesterday yeah which was a shock to everybody and apparently the police have no idea there was no drugs found there's no evidence of foul play you know i don't know if he had a heart attack or what we'll know in the next couple of days but then Betty White dying and and Sydney Portier dying too which younger members of our audience won't even know who that is um, but Sidney i remember Portier
1: was like uh, just an unbelievably classic
0: actor. I and, mean, and classy an actor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Just amazing
1: guy. And then Betty White. So next Monday, in honor of Betty White's birthday, have you seen what people are sending around the internet? No. The hashtags? Next Monday. Yeah. So for Betty White's birthday, everybody is to donate money to a Animal rescue, and and the the number was supposed to be five dollars, but you know they donate twenty right. bucks to whatever rescue. You know I'll be donating to Horse and Hound, but the it, it, because she was such an animal lover and such an animal lover in rescues.
0: Um, well, re- remember to mention it on the show next week. I won't be here, but remember to mention that. Uh, I so, will,
1: and yeah. I watched an interview with Ryan Reynolds about her because they did that movie called The Proposal with Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds and Betty White, and. He, somebody asked him, what was your favorite Betty White memory? And he's like, okay, so filming is ending. It's the last day we've just wrapped the entire movie and Betty White stands up and she goes to walk out the door and she turns around and she says, I want you all to know that this is the best time I've ever had. And everybody's like, oh, and she goes, standing up. And then she
0: out. <laughs> Oh my her God, timing I, her. I went I went down the Betty White rabbit hole, like most people did on YouTube, and I went back to some of the Johnny Carson and all of those. God, her timing is impeccable. It was I mean, just impeccable she she had those pauses right at the right of length, you know she 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 was brilliant comedically. Yeah. Just I mean, brilliant. if you
1: ever saw Golden Girls, I mean, she was just she reminds me so much of my grandmother on the Golden Girls because my grandmother's very innocent and very thing, but then like. Oh my gosh! Just she she's so fantastic on that
0: show, and so uh, yeah.
1: If anybody hasn't seen The Golden Girls, go back and watch it. It's a show about four old ladies, and it's hilarious. So it, and it
0: holds up. I've watched some of the clips. It actually holds up. It pretty does. Well. It yeah.
1: totally does. It's fantastic.
0: And then Bob Saget had just you know he recently in the last year or two went back on the road doing stand up, which is where he started. Uh, and he apparently his last his last Instagram, I think. Couple mm-hmm. days ago was how much he was enjoying it, yeah. Um, and uh, I had he was he could get filthy. He really could get filthy in a stand up. Um, I saw him somewhere. I cannot remember where 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 I saw him. But uh, we
1: had him on one of the stations I was on, which was a very vanilla station, and he was in with us. And I mean, we couldn't use half of it.
0: No, because I mean, it just it, it was really like dirty. mom
1: and pop like kids in the car going to school radio station like <laughs> we're like okay we're going to pre-record this one <laughs> so we can <laughs> cut pieces out.
0: And I know this isn't anything about horses, but we are in the business of comedy, Jamie and I, at least we hope we hope we are. So anytime a comedic legend or two die, we, you know, we do tend to talk about it. Uh, what is coming up on today's show? Uh, we have an inventor on, don't we? Who did a great yes, thing last we year.
1: do. Sarah Murphy's going to come on and talk about winning the Governor's Cup Award and talking about the Kentucky Three Day. And then Henrietta, say the last name. Go ahead.
0: Um, I have no idea. Uh, she is from, she actually is originally from Transylvania, and her last name reflects that so we're going to ask her how to say her last name, but she's from horseyhooves.com, which I get a lot of lists from that we do here on the show, and I finally wrote to him and said, look, I really like your... Zathmari.
1: I'm going to go with Zathmari.
0: All right, well, ask her. Zasmari, that could be it. Uh, she lives in England now, and we're trying to have more foreign guests on, too, so we're getting her on.
1: International She's... guests, Glenn.
0: Sorry. Hello. International guests on. And uh, she wrote exactly. an article about unicorn facts. And I know, judging by our auditor page, there's lots of posts about unicorns in there all the time. So we're going to find out some facts about unicorns. The, Of course, they're real, so we have to find out about them. She's going to share that with us today. Plus, you're going to do a trainer tip, right? I think so. And uh, do we know what it's about today?
1: Um, no. Okay. No, we don't. <laughs> I know there were
0: lots of questions, so Jamie's gonna pick one and in the post show we're gonna do some question first world problems for the auditors in the post show. But in the meantime, let's do some daily winnies. Happy birthday to Sarah Hahn, who uh, is one of our terrific auditors, and uh, I noticed she is sick right now with COVID and said she lost all sense of taste and smell, so that has to suck. Uh, We're wishing you the best. Half my Facebook friend list is sick right now. Uh, Lynn Popa and Dr. Wendy Ying. It's her birthday today. Happy birthday, Dr. Ying. You're going to hear from Dr. Ying next week, I think. She's coming on the show with Jamie, so she's filling in for me. And also... We were not disappointed last week. Remember, our goal was to have no weeks this year without a new auditor. Well, we had four new auditors last week. We want to thank – oh, give the disclaimer. Which one? The the name's disclaimer. the the whole –
1: yeah. Yeah. He's going to mispronounce your name, and it's a badge of honor because he mispronounces everybody's name. Thank you. Tom Smythe is Tom Smith. So just so you know, (laughs) he's going to screw it up. Okay. No matter how easy
0: it is. There's some fun ones today. Uh, Julianne Rowland, she had the easy name. Steph Pestka, Pestka has a semi-easy name. Christina Linga. I'm going with that. And Nicole Gonzalez. Thank you, Nicole, for being the one with the name I really could pronounce today. So thank you all for joining and becoming auditors. If you're not part of the auditor group on Facebook, search for HRN Auditors and ask to join. That's where all the fun happens and where we get these training questions from and all that stuff comes from the auditor group. So head on over there. And thank you for not giving us a big goose egg last week.
1: Welcome, everybody. Sweet Mary, mother of God, <laughs> Lucas has gone back to school.
0: It seems like he's been off for a year.
1: This private school, man, private school, they have been off for three and a half weeks. What? Oh, today was the day, so thank you, honey, for driving him to school. I appreciate it. I'm like, Okay. That's cool. Like and then today this morning he sits down, and he's like, Hey, we didn't hang out with my friend Dad. This whole like he had like this list of things
0: that he didn't get to
1: do during the break that he was off. And I'm like, Dude, you've been here for almost a month enough. Like if you didn't do it then, you're not gonna do it now. He's like, Oh, I need to I need to write a letter in my pen pal. and it is and it is I'm like you had time. You had time. That time when you were like annoying what can me. We do, mom, mom, what can we do? I don't know, come help me with the horses. Is there anything else I can do? <laughs> <laughs> I dreamed, Glenn, 10, 9 years ago when I was sitting here pregnant that I had a little girl in my tummy who was excited about getting a podium. Oh, we had now that I,
0: discussion a few times on the air, I remember.
1: And now I have a son who's like, can I just play on my iPad instead? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah.
0: Nothing so to do ungrateful. with the horses, huh? I
1: remember my, at that age, I was dripping in sweat, just Dying to have a horse, just dying to have a horse, and now there's like eight out there,
0: and he's like, so yeah, can I play
1: yeah. my iPad?" <laughs> <sighs> anyway, thank you for all those people who are currently hanging out with him.
0: Oh, uh, and uh, all the, <laughs> and God bless all the mothers whose schools just closed again because there's not enough teachers to teach, and they're and at home. that's
1: why we go to a <laughs> private school. Uh, It's it's not fun to pay a private school tuition, but it is fun to actually send your kid (laughs) and not go, oh, he's got Zoom school today. Like, thanks. Yeah.
0: Wellington over the weekend, something happened that we talk about every year, and that's the battle of the sexes. It's a jumping competition. They get a men's team and a women's team, and they do a jumping competition. It's, by the way, it's $75,000 to the winning team, so it's not too shabby either, well, they didn't have one last year because of the pandemic, but uh, they had one over the weekend on Saturday Night Lights, and guess who won? Girl power! <laughs> yes, the girls won again. They won 30-13 to to capture the 11th win in the event's 13-year history. Oh, yeah. That means the guys only won twice in my calculation. That would be the math. Yeah. Uh, the women's team was trailing 5-1 to in the first round, but rallied to tie 5-5. And then extended their lead to 15-10 and just went on from there to win 30-13. Now, in football, in baseball, that would be a severe blowout. But even in football, that's kind of a blowout. So, yeah, women Why win you again. Why got to
1: turn it back to, to football? Why does it got to be about football?
0: Because <laughs> it is that time of year.
1: Whatever. Hey, how are Nigel and Scooter doing?
0: Yeah, I've had I a lot of requests to find about, about Nigel well. and Scooter. Well, this is the story. Scooter's been hanging around not doing much of anything because I'm not allowed to do much of anything. I get my surgery on Thursday, thank God. Um, so uh, he's been hanging around, just hanging around, not doing a lot. Uh, he has been able to go out with uh, Nigel in the afternoons, and they play ex- extensively, and he has so much fun beating up Nigel. Uh, Nigel, we had talked about, Jennifer had talked about, it ha- was just being... He was being troublesome. He didn't want to be touched. He didn't want to be ridden. He was grouchy all the time. So she did put him on a uh, ulcer medicine, and he's been on it maybe four weeks now. And she had a brilliant ride yesterday. He has been getting a little bit better every day. Uh, and she said yesterday he was back to his old self. So apparently, sometimes it's ulcers.
1: Yeah, it is. And you know what's <laughs> really irritating, Glenn, is that... And in in my world the Zeus, it has been one thing after it just, his behavior has been very sour when you're riding him. And if you recall, I took him up because he doesn't limp. He doesn't show any pain. He just shows behaviors. He's a Mustang. So they don't, if they limp, they get eaten. You know, I I don't know why you can't let that go, but like he won't, won't limp. So I took him up to the clinic and we did that, um, lameness locator where they put all those things on him and they determined that his hawks needed to be injected. So we injected his hawks.
0: That's only going to make him want to escape more.
1: <laughs> I know. Well, we did his hawks and, and great. I had one good ride. I thought was thought with him
0: there a little bit of pain was a good thing. <laughs>
1: I know. Back to pinning his ears. What he does is he kind of like crow hops and pins his ears and won't go forward. Like he just won't go forward. So then I'm like, okay, there's something else wrong with him. And in all the luck that I've had with who Spines this year, I just was like, x-ray is back. <clears throat> and he had two minor spots that like may have been causing him discomfort. I'm like, inject him. So they injected his back. So now he's had his hocks done and he's had his back done. <laughs> I'm like, you should be just soak squeezed. him in the stuff. <laughs> I mean, he should be ready to go. And I get on him. Nope. He's pinning his ears, crow hopping. Anytime you put your leg on him, he won't go forward. And freaking Abby looks at him. She goes, You know what? He looks like he has ulcers. Like God <laughs> bless America. Holy cow! So I started him on ulcer medication. So he's now. If
0: you about figured out what that Mustang in. has cost you over the years, it probably sets a record.
1: I'm glad that Chad can't hear the year <laughs> half of the podcast, <laughs> although he's probably thinking the same
0: thing. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh,
1: yeah, it's, uh, it's it's so we're we're doing that right now. So we'll keep and for new listeners, today, you I'm got glad.
0: Zeus when you were in Arizona, still right?
1: Yeah, I got him from an adoption at the prison in Carson City, Nevada. And, and how long in ago? 2016, I, February 2016. Six years, seven
0: years almost.
1: <laughs> Judge just because 1993. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been that long. <laughs> Seems <laughs> like it. It to you. <laughs> she hates,
0: He hates that horse. He,
1: and oh he has gosh. been
0: trouble. I mean, he's been trouble. He's just but been, he's been amazing annoying. Too. You know. he's just, he
1: just—he escapes everything. He can't, won't stay in his paddock. It, just so th- those of you know, th- it's fantastic the way that it is now. So I have the big pasture with all my horses go out in, and Zeus would run around and chase everybody, and he's like constantly trying to herd everybody together. And one day, and I had Pink, my pregnant mare, in a separate pasture. And one day, I go outside, and he's in the pasture with Pink, and I was like, okay. Apparently, that's where you live now. And he has stayed in that pasture, Glenn, for a year now. A year. He is. He just, he somehow let himself in and he has not let himself out. So he
0: just told it, you it's where it's he where wanted he, to be.
1: Yeah. yeah. I want to be with the ladies. Hello. So now there's two mares out there with him and he's happy as can be.
0: Wow. He just, he let you know.
1: Yeah. You just have to be able to listen. Well, to him.
0: in the wild, don't the boys want to be with the girls too?
1: I guess. Yeah. I don't know. He's just, he's just happy as a clam out there with the mares, so uh, I, I've never moved him because he is actually doing well. I mean, he does bang the gate and demands food and all those things, but yeah. <sighs>
0: <laughs> so Fun. tell us about, you had gotten a couple of trainees in, too. People love hearing about the trainees.
1: I have two other off-the-track thoroughbreds. So the Gypsy Vanner left over the weekend. And the Irish horse that's supposed to come January, the owner ended up uh, getting exposed to COVID. And so we've decided I'm taking a vacation at the end of the month. So she's going to bring him at the end. So it worked out fine. So now I only have two. I have two horse and hound horses. One is a gelding. Oh, my gosh. Somebody better adopt this horse. He is two and a half years old. He is almost 17 hands. He is like, he's like thick, like a hunt horse. He looks like a hunt horse, you know? Uh, And he's just a big giant baby, but he's so friendly and he's so sweet. He went into training... Um, as a two-year-old, why would you put a two-year-old that's that big into training? He strained a tendon, didn't do a full bow, anything like that, but they immediately caught it and pulled him off and retired him to horse and hound and horse and hound has rehabilitated him for six months on this tendon. So then he comes back to me and he's been working and he's totally fine. But farm boy came out yesterday and remember farm boys, six, four, so there's not a lot of mares or horses that he comfortably can ride. And so I'm working with this and I was like, you know what? He's going to be here for a couple of weeks. Farm boy's off school right now. Like, why don't you make this horse yours for a couple of weeks? Like put the Western saddle on him, throw it up here. He put that Western saddle on that horse. And I'm like, there it is. He, that's what his job needs to be. And again, he's still learning to go stop and turn, you know, and follow his head, but it's, it was like the most, he looks so good. So I posted a picture and a video of him long lining. We haven't been on him with the Western saddle. We just long lined him in it and it looks really, he looks great. So you can check that out on my Facebook page, which is flyover farm JB Jennings. Um, and then I have another mayor who's here that potentially is going to be adopted. I'm kind of feeling her out for somebody. And uh, she is super nice, super nice, really nice mover. It's the one that you saw trotting. You were like, oh,
0: oh. yeah, fl- very yes. floaty.
1: She's still here. But, of course, I brought her up yesterday. And she's like, I'm dying. My foot hurts. And I put the hoof testers on her, and she has an abscess. <laughs> so course. Barrier will be out here Tuesday, tomorrow. <laughs> I think they
0: just know ways to get out of getting trained.
1: Yeah, exactly. Let's, Let's get
0: out of training. That. I'll just, I'll just pop an abscess right now. That'll be good. We'll It'll do be that. fine.
1: Yeah, you know what's the easiest way for me to not work today? Yeah, exactly. Oh, abscess. Uh, abscesses are Ooh. fun.
0: I'll just step on something foreign for. Yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so that's where we're at with her. So those are the those are the guys I have right now. Gypsy Vanner went home, and uh, do, do you know it's funny? Trailer. I teach horses to trailer load. It's kind of part of what I what I do when the horses come for training. But this, so when a horse won't go forward, I back them up. And that's like the best, you know, finger quotes punishment that you can do because horses hate backing up. Well, here's the, the training challenge with this pony. Her tail was dragging the ground and is about the, as wide as a barrel. Okay. So her tail, when you back up a horse with a tail that big, what happens to the tail, Glenn?
0: It gets stuck under their feet and they trip.
1: A step on it and rip it out. Yeah. <laughs> I backed her up that first time. I was like, "Fine, you. We'll go forward, back up." And I was like, "Oh no, stop that!" She just ripped out a chunk of her tail. And in the world of Gypsy Vanner people, that is not okay.
0: A sin. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I was like, "How else can I teach you to get in?" Did she cancel the check? (laughs) (laughs) Turns out the mare will follow you anywhere for a bit of equine senior (laughs) horse feed. (laughs) So I just put a little tiny handful of feed in a bucket at the front of the trailer. And she walks right in. She eats that. I turned around, walked her out. And then I put another handful in there and I walked in, let her eat that, turned around, walked her out. Then I walked her up to the trailer, unclipped leave rub. She jumped in. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) Okay, so this one's food motivated. (laughs) (laughs) Never came from my hand. It just happened to be in that bucket down there on the floor Mm -hmm. in the trailer. And I couldn't back her out of the trailer. So I had to turn around. Thank God she's 14, 13 hands, you know. But so that's how I got her. So she went home and everybody's happy. And because the owner... Of the gypsy, her husband came down with the omicron variant of COVID. She sat in her truck the entire time, and I had to load all her stuff and all her everything. So she quarantined in her truck while I loaded the mare. <laughs> I was like, did all things. Look, called her on the phone. I was like, okay, she's in. Bye bye. <laughs> it Was crazy. The world we live in right now—it's insane.
0: It is crazy. Well, you yeah. know what does help with ulcers too. What? MagnaGuard. That's right. MagnaGuard helps prevent ulcers and other gastric issues, giving your horse the happy tummy he deserves. MagnaGuard helps calm horses in two ways. First, the magnesium is a natural calmer. And number two, it keeps the gut feeling great, which allows horses to relax. It contains important trace minerals, and it's all natural and can be fed continually without negative side effects. Customers report healthier, shinier coats, less colic, healthier hooves and overall healthier horses. There's a discount code, it's HRN, it gets you 50 15%, not 50, sorry. It gets you 15% off your order at eagleequine.com. That's a one-time use. HRN gets you 15% off at eagleequine.com. All of their products come with a money back guarantee. If you're not satisfied, you can contact Eagle Equine for a full refund. Let's get to our first guest. We have coming up uh, Sarah Murphy, who was the Governor's Cup award winner for the United States Adventing Association this year. And she's also a very high level advanced writer, uh, advanced inventor here in the United States. And we're going to talk to her about why she got that award.
1: Well, I'm pleased to welcome Sarah to the show. Sarah, congratulations on the Governor's Cup Award.
2: Oh thank you so much. It's a it's a huge honor. Um I definitely was not expecting that. Uh I you know I feel a bit uh I don't feel like I've quite done enough in the sport to have to deserve one of those, but um I it was a huge huge honor and uh obviously to to win it alongside um my my comrades in this crazy mission uh, Lynn uh, Szymanski and Dorothy Crowell, it was just an incredibly special moment for all of us.
1: Absolutely awesome women there. Now, the Governor's Cup is presented in recognition of volunteers whose services have contributed to significantly to the sport. Now, tell everybody what the three of you powerhouse women did.
2: Well, um, just we were a little bit nuts, I suppose. I mean, Dorothy and I sort of started calling each other Thelma and Louise pretty early on in this, <laughs> in this whole thing. But yeah, what, what happened was, uh, which I know everyone is well aware, uh, in the beginning of beginning of February, uh, Kentucky felt like they needed to make the decision to to cancel. Um, and that went up. And I remember my my husband, uh, Brian, he had said to, you know, he's getting a little bit tired of me because about 24 hours I was going, I, I just can't believe this. Like, I, I, <laughs> why are we canceling? Why can't we figure this out? I mean, I do understand, of course, everything had to cancel the year before, but I had felt, and I know a lot of us had felt that perhaps there was a way to maybe we had to make it look different but um surely we could all we could have all planned to help help out with this and still have the events run and not miss another year and especially it being an olympic year that of course it's a very important thing to be able to hold uh, events like kentucky to prepare top athletes but the other thing that i think is so important is that you know everyone says oh what's another year well what's another year for someone like let's say Emma Clugman or Madeline Scott or you know Zoe Crawford. Well, what those horses? Um, you know Emma's horse was I think eighteen or nineteen years old. They don't they don't have another year, um, and this is their one opportunity to get to to run to be able to ride that horse at a five star and get the mileage. And uh, and so it is really really important. You know, there's so many great people who worked very hard to bring this five star to Kentucky, um, and it's it's important that we we don't just get laissez-faire, even in, you know, not, I know it was a tough time globally, but we don't need to be, we we, we all all proved that we could pull together and make it happen. Um, But anyway, so that started, and my husband got a little annoyed with me, Um,
0: he's now actually (laughs) we're
2: we're separated, but he got a little bit annoyed with me, uh, with uh, saying, I can't believe this is going on, this is crazy, why can't we figure it out? So he actually got the ball rolling because he called um, the wonderful Lee Carter, who's the um, head of the uh, EEI. And said, "Okay, you know these this one, the, these eventing people are going crazy that this is happening. Like, is there any way? Is there any number that will make you guys reconsider this? Because it was obviously a financial decision. Um, they they it costs a lot of money to run, and I know a lot more about it uh, now than I did before. But it costs <laughs> so much money to put these competitions on. And so he he, he asked Lee, and to, to Lee's credit, you know, he didn't. A lot of people." Um, and a lot of organizations would have just said, "No, no way, we can't do it. We've made the decision. That's it." And to Lee's credit, he actually said, "Well, if you think you can come up with," he said, "I think I can run this event on 1.5 million dollars. It costs normally four million plus to run the event, so I think I can run it on 1.5 million dollars. Um, if you can come up with half of that number, um, then we will we will work our bums off to try to get creative and all and see what you know, see if we can close the gap." Uh, which is obviously a huge number, and we were, we were given a very a few days to do it. Um, so we just all got to work. So after he had done that, Brian had kind of done that, then um, I just honestly went down my contact list, and, and I started calling people, and that's when Dorothy uh, rang me up and said, uh, hey, you know, I hear you're trying to do this, and obviously she's a Kentucky girl and a huge uh, supporter of the sport and knows the horse park inside out and has ridden at the highest level and, you know, taught and all of that. And so, um, you know, she said, right, I'm going to help you. And then, of course, Lynn, who, who people don't really, um, people don't really realize, I think, how much Lynn does behind the scenes because she is on, for high a high performance, is going to owe her, uh, I mean, what, with the direction, the amount of work that she has done to try to improve things and try to get us all in the right direction and get the riders and the owners and the coaches and everybody to, to to be a more cohesive team she is unbelievable and not just with ideas but with the follow-through the boring stuff she's on the committee she's she you know she's following through every single step and she's so dogged and so when I tell you that Dorothy Lynn and I probably didn't get off the phone with each other we were on the phone to you know to at least midnight every night to about four o'clock in the morning every morning solidly for five days just ringing and thinking and talking and um, and Dorothy was great with people i didn't know, and then she also uh, said, "Hey, we need to get our get the grassroots together. We have so much support for the sport in this country that we 're not tapping into and she was so right and I was just going down with thinking, okay well i've been in the sport for you know longer than I care to remember at the higher level so I thought, well, all the owners that um are people or supporters i've known along the way and I just rung them up and i said i you know I'm really sorry to ask this, but you know, we got a huge number from that. You know, some people, some owners gave a, a good, uh, you know, $60,000 each, oh right? Like, it was a massive, a massive amount of money. And uh, so, you know, and, and several people did that. And several, um, there were a few riders that really, you know, I, I reached out to everybody I knew. There's a few riders like Will Coleman and Will Forgery uh, in particular that, that stepped up to the plate and got their owners together and just got, and, and also, you know, so I, everybody just did everything that they could to make this happen. And in a very short period of time, I think we had, and we definitely had 300,000 in a very short period of time.
0: Uh, it did. It days. happened
2: so fast. I mean, yeah. And were... then we, we, yeah. We had we had that, but then we had, and then we started to have a, a, a pause for a moment. And I got scared. that First of all, I thought it was none of us thought it was actually going to work, right? But we got <laughs> we got we got that amount of money, and then I had a couple of people actually get cold feet because it it didn't seem like it looked like we were sort of going rogue. Like with the we were, it was just a little slow for all of the other organizations to say, yeah, she's not just a total lunatic, guys. <laughs> like <laughs> we're actually going we're actually going to do it. So we had that moment where I thought it wasn't going to happen. Um, and then, uh, and then we had a call, then I had three phone calls in a row. One was from Annie Eldridge, who is just a champion. Okay. Who gave, who gave a significant amount of money. And another was from the, uh, the Manton foundation. Um, uh, Sandy Niles rung me. And I think I almost started crying when she rung me because she, I mean, they, they gave $125,000, um, to, to that was we, cause we were getting very close. We were about it. It was to try to bridge the gap for the last little bit that we needed. And so from we started all this on a Thursday, it was Wednesday, Thursday that we started it. By Monday morning we had six hundred thousand plus, like money was still coming in.
0: That's oh amazing. <laughs> it's
1: just amazing. <laughs> it, it's a testament to how important these things are. And and to me, I've been going to Kentucky in April every year since I was nine years old. And it was so su- such a soul-crushing thing for me to have it canceled. But then to see everybody kind of rally around and pick it back up and put it back on the shelf. Like, we're going to do this. It was so awesome. Now, still, we didn't get to go, whatever. But point is, it happened. And I I just... Do you know what's going to happen this year?
2: Um, this year should be fine. <laughs> this, year, this, year, <laughs> this year should be fine. I mean, f- fingers crossed. I mean, Kentucky does um, have a good, you know extremely good revenue uh, sources. I mean, they have amazing sponsors in Mars Equestrian and and um, and Land Rover, obviously the title uh-huh. sponsor, and uh, and Rolex has been a huge part of it for a very very long time. So they have, they have serious. And, you know, sponsorship already. And I think that was a bit something that was a bit, was slightly confusing because uh, it was hard on those, those sponsors because some people said, oh, well, why aren't they just, well, they didn't, they'd, they'd been told it was, you know, it wasn't anybody in particular doing anything wrong. It's just that when yeah. the decision had been made to be canceled, at that stage, all those massive corporations, it's not like they can suddenly turn around and say, oh, now we've got to, because everything, all the funds are allocated and then, you know, mm-hmm. nothing moved fast enough. So once, um, once the grassroots and the owners and, and actually people around the world, when I tell you that, uh, you know, I, I put it up on Facebook, obviously, and I just tagged, like I did things like tag Mikey yes, you know, because I thought, you know, I knew how, how passionate he is about Kentucky. is a huge part of making Kentucky what it is. And he would spread it around to other people. He donated money. Um, you know, riders overseas donated money. Uh, Tim, and, Tim and Janelle Price did. Uh, several other ones that I, you know, I'm Remember off the top of my head, but those guys gave those guys gave money as soon as they saw what we were doing. Because one thing that also happened is that I got a little bit of pushback in the beginning with, oh well, it's okay, we'll just go to badminton with the horses that are going to go to you know whatever championship we have this year. And I thought, well, that's silly because that's only I mean no not to be, but I was like, that's only a few horses. Like we we need, we have other other we have younger horses that you know don't need to go to badminton yet. We have younger riders. We have this. We have to. We have to keep doing it. It can't be about putting horses on planes. And then Babington cancels.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So so there. Now, Uh, Sarah, didn't didn't they do additional additional classes, too, uh, for other groups that wouldn't normally be at – Rolex or Land Rover? Land Rover. Yeah, sorry.
2: No, no, they didn't. No, oh, they, they didn't. didn't. Okay. They did. They, that was an idea that was floated around. Okay. However, what they did do, they were always plan, planning on doing the four-star short, and they did do a four-star short, okay. but that wasn't a new thing. They were always going to do that. Ah, gotcha. Um, okay. So, yeah, and I did have a little bit of, oh, well, maybe we'll run the four-star short and not do the five-star long, because it's a little bit, you know, it's less money, because, of course, we're required to have a which is an important thing to do. We need, we can't change that, but we're required to have $150,000 prize money for a five star. So you've got a fat, you can't actually run it without that. So that's mm-hmm. one thing. Whereas a four star and then plus the, the distance is so much more, right? So so much more jumps. So, you know, all the, uh, the logistics of all of, uh, all of it running a five star is, is just a huge, huge difference in expenditure, so um they were thinking well maybe we'll go ahead and only run the four star short class which will give our uh, still give our olympic horses a run and and all of that sort of stuff and give people an opportunity but a four star short is not a five star long it's just not the same thing. We don't need a I mean not that we don't need to have a four star short at Kentucky it's really useful but it's not the whole you know, it's not the point of it. And there were a few other people that, um, you would think would know a little bit more about this, but a few other people that said, Oh, well, why don't we run it in a different venue? And I'm thinking, run it in a different,
0: venue. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? what are you going to do?
2: You're going you're, you're, <laughs> like, to move the, the, the Kentucky Bluegrass like amazing turf. And like, you're just going to suddenly put it like some random place that hasn't, you know, hasn't yeah. held a five star. Like it, it takes a long time to get the ground, the space and the, Turf, I mean, you can't recreate that in five I'm, minutes. So, I'm still stuck
0: um, on yeah. four million dollars to run it. <laughs> i was stuck on that number when I you know, said that,
2: right?
1: I <laughs> know, well, well, especially right? when you include know. the people that you had, the, the, the crowds coming and all the things. So, so what you did oh, yeah, was that's amazing. Where-
2: that's where, the, that's where the expense is, right? Like, when you think about the amount of security and the tents and the this and the VIP and the, like, it is, I've actually seen the sheets on it because I thought it's the same thing. I'm like, how? But if you think about it, I mean, running badminton, I don't know the updated numbers on it, but I want to say it was at least two million pounds to run badminton as well. Like, I've seen that right Mm -hmm. and then but their but their income is insane you know it's about uh, for for events like that you know i think it's uh five or six million dollars or million pounds that they get in and again don't quote me on that because i probably don't have updated things but uh but the amount to run the bloody thing is huge huge Mm -hmm. um it's just so much that goes into it that we don't we don't think about and even if you're just talking about like I think one thing people don't think about as well is the cost of the, the fences and things. And I know, of course, we, there's a, you, you, build the, you build the course, but it's not like the course stays the same every year. And you don't. Yes, you can reuse a lot of the fences. But if they do something like, OK, you know, Derek's going to build some beautiful new thing at the water or he's going to do this over here. I mean, that's a huge, a huge expense and yeah. um, just the, and the work that goes into the turf and and all like I, it's just an and, and 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 then you're flying the best people over from Europe to be the judges and then you know it, the list just goes on and on and on you know it does. um well yeah. hey yeah.
1: B- thank you for doing what you did congratulations on the award before we let you go who are your up and coming horses that you have who maybe we'll see Tell at <laughs> the Land Rover this year
2: Oh um, yeah, I I, uh, I I I'm not sure I'm I'm going to ride in Kentucky. This I might. I haven't really thought about. it. Well, I have thought about it, but um, <laughs> I'm really bad. I'm really bad at communicating uh, that sort of thing because I'm. A, I guess riders are all a bit superstitious, aren't they? But um, I I do have a, a an amazing new horse that um so a wonderful group of uh, owners of mine that have been involved for a very long time. Edie Ramika. Being the main, <laughs> the main one, um, has has bought a uh, uh, Nelson the um, Selvas lovely Rock Phantom horse. So I'm extremely excited about that. But I will obviously not be riding him at Kentucky because I need to get to know him. But I am hoping to ride him at Fair Fairhill, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I was hoping to go to Bromont, and just because uh, I, I do love Bromont, and I think it's a challenging big galloping course and I think it would set, give me the information I need as to whether I'd be but we'd be ready to do Fair Hill together. Um, And then, but Rubens hopefully would do something at Kentucky. I don't know if I'll do the four star short or the five star long. Um, And then I have two other absolutely gorgeous horses underneath them. One intermediate horse and one um, little tiny uh, devil munchkin horse that does a three-star level. And has done a couple of um, advanced with me. Um, And I'm going to just sort of play it by ear and see how everybody's feeling. But so, they're they're all they've all just coming back from their holiday you know after the after the fall season but everybody is is really happy and i'm i'm very excited
1: good well we look forward to seeing all of these guys and thank you so much for taking some time i know you're sitting in the truck with a horse in the trailer and you pulled over to talk to (laughs) us
2: so much I, I, i feel terrible for not having myself organized i have um i'm doing this cool thing with um I'm helping Panama. I'm doing a little a camp for riders. There's no eventing at all in Panama. And I used to coach Venezuela. And one of my Venezuelan riders ended up in Panama. And she told them, oh, this is so fun and it's a great sport. Why don't you come over? And so I've got 15 oh, people cool. learning about eventing this week. Yes. hey Awesome. <laughs> yes, World yes. So ambassador. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. Well, thank you guys so
2: much. Thanks, Sarah. Take care.
0: No, you bye Well, there you go. She did uh, great things for the sport last year, and hopefully this year goes off without a problem or without a hitch. Um, and we're going to uh, get to our next guest right away here. We're going to go over to England for this guest, and uh, we're going to change gears a little bit. Instead of talking about eventing, we're going to talk about the very real unicorn uh, coming up with Henrietta in just a second, right after we hear from To this shape is the cutback at the elbows. This gives more room for elbow movement as well and prevents galls in the elbow area. You can find the shoulder relief cinch at totalsaddlefit.com. That's totalsaddlefit.com. Well, as I said, we have Henny on here with us. She's from Horseyhoos.com. And I have used a couple of your lists in the past that you have written for them, and we've talked about them here on the show, and I said, i got to write to them and see if we can get her on, and here you are. Thank you for joining us all the way from England. Oh, that's okay. Where do you live in England? What part?
3: So, uh, I actually live in Wales, Uh, so the west west shore of Wales, like by the sea here and by the Irish Sea in uh, Aberystwyth.
0: But you're not originally from England, right?
3: Oh, no. Uh, I grew up in Transylvania, and I have both Hungarian and Romanian citizenship. I just came here to study originally.
0: And you stayed? You decided to stay?
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, uh, uh, I met someone here, so Sorry, I ended up staying. Always, uh, it's, it's always the
0: boy always, or, yeah, yeah. Or, or girl, whichever <laughs> girl.
1: one, but they, it's always a significant other that makes you I, – I live in Oklahoma now because of a boy, so I get it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, tell us about – did you have horses in Transylvania?
3: Um, well, I started riding when I was eight years old. I went to different riding schools for lessons, and then uh, I just carried on doing it. I did a bit of showing, a bit of natural horsemanship and Western riding, and now I have my own horse. Wow, cool. That's very cool. Are horses <laughs> Is big unicorn? there? <laughs> <laughs>
0: you couldn't resist, could you? Uh,
3: just, yeah. maybe, maybe he's keeping it a secret. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what are what's the horse community like where, where you grew up in Transylvania?
3: Oh, uh, it's like very scattered. Well, I was uh, I was riding at this trail riding place, so it was usually like guests that we took on trail rides. And it's mostly English riding, but uh, more sort of like um, like natural and Western riding is starting to like uh, creep in there as well. They are just a little bit behind in that sort of thing.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so that that makes sense. Uh, you know, that's what we've heard too. That uh, even in you know in Germany and some of the other countries, westerns becoming much more popular than it has yeah, been in the yeah. past. Right, so you have a horse there in England now or in Wales?
3: Yeah, um, yeah. I have a two-year-old Frisian cross Welsh cob, and uh, yeah, I've, I'm training him up from from scratch. So I wanted to do it all by myself. So I got him when I, when he was just a yearling, and yeah,
0: we are doing great so far. Now. Is English a second language where you grew up? Uh,
3: well, I, I've i been learning it since I was three, so okay. it's kind of like, it's turned into a first language by now. Yeah, I
0: mean, your your English is very good, that's why I asked. Thank you. Yeah, it's, and then you moved to Wales, where the accent is so thick you can hardly understand it, so... Uh, you have <laughs> yeah, that. I don't have the Welsh accent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really tough to understand some of that. So you write some lists for, for this website, and as I said, we've mm. talked about them before, but there's one I picked out because for some reason, some of our superfans are really into unicorns. And uh, you did this whole thing. I thought unicorns were kind of a relatively new thing, but you found out that they go way back.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. They've... They've been around for a long time, and yeah, people in the thousands of years ago, they actually believed that they were real animals.
0: But yet, there I, nobody had ever seen one, I guess, <laughs> or maybe they had. No, no,
3: <laughs> no. The people that described uh, unicorns, they actually what they actually saw was like either antelopes or rhino uh, rhinos. So that's where the the notion came from.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, and are we talking the Greeks? Is that the original ones?
3: Yeah. There was this guy called uh, Theseus that, um, yeah, he was the first to describe a unicorn, but um, I think he's, uh, yeah, he's he's described a few, like, fantastical creatures like griffins and, like, dog-headed men as well, so from travelers that he met um, from India. So I don't know. trust that guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the guy I,
0: I don't know. To. I think you've all seen some dog-headed men at times, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the, they actually have proof of this because they they saw drawings in ancient caves.
3: Yeah, yeah, that was. Um, yeah, they considered that as like yeah proof of a unicorn sighting for a while. But it's actually uh, they discovered that the unicorn on the walls actually has two horns, but they've been like confusingly drawn so close together that people thought that it was one horn for a long time so that's the story of that
0: <laughs> so the original sure. unicorns had two horns in the drawings
3: <laughs> yeah they mistook it for the uh, for a unicorn basically so, so yeah that's in the i'm case. reading this and and and
1: and for real
3: like throughout
1: <laughs> history people actually thought that the unicorn was real and people were selling unicorn horns for like medicinal purposes oh yeah
3: yeah yeah that's been going on until the 18th century i think yeah that's when uh yeah it's like like 1741 when uh like they were still selling powdered unicorn horns in uh in like pharmacies <laughs> yeah so what were they actually selling <laughs> yeah so um it was most often uh narwhal tusks so the vikings started this tradition um by that uh, they realized that um, selling these tusks as like unicorn horns made them like a lot of money, like because uh, only the wealthy could afford them, and they they were really expensive. Like they were worth ten times their weight in gold, and uh, so they were either uh, narwhal tusks or uh, antelope um, antelope horns. Yeah, those were the two
0: most common ones that they. Back to the Vikings again. Again, Vikings always come into the conversation.
1: (laughs) A group of people that I'm not going to trust would probably be
0: the Vikings. (laughs) Yeah. It's like
1: come in this back alley and I'm going to sell you a unicorn horn. And the (laughs) suckers were like, yeah, let's do that. That sounds like a great idea.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So it's the national, I didn't know this either, that the National Animal of Scotland is a unicorn?
3: Yeah, yeah, that goes way back to like uh James III, I think, from the 1400s. He was the first to make uh unicorns the national animal of Scotland and it it carried on uh until today. Yeah, it's it's still in the coat of arms. Huh.
0: Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> so, um the one other thing that's uh let me let me find this one. Um, you got
1: to uh, talk about number 14.
0: Yeah, I, that's number where 14.
1: I was going. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, which one was that?
0: That that was the virgin one.
1: Oh, (laughs) All right. So I just want to, I just want to paint a picture for everybody out there. Okay. If you yourself would like to attract a unicorn, it can only be if you're a virgin and you're sitting naked under a tree because that's when the unicorn will appear. And so, even the hunters who wish to capture and kill unicorns to get those tusks so they can sell them to make guys' wieners work, uh, they use virgins as bait. And they would tie a virgin to a tree naked, and wait for the unicorn to come. Now, what the hell were they shooting when something came up? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is terrible. This is terrible. She must not be a virgin. There's no unicorn. She's a liar. Off
0: Virgins had a rough time in the ancient days. They were either being yeah. sacrificed or tied to trees, or, I mean, it didn't pay to be a virgin. No. <laughs> you were no. better off not being a virgin. So, um, this is weird. What's number fifteen? The U.S. patent one. Can you tell us about that?
3: Oh yeah, that was very interesting. I actually read uh, a lot of the original document on Google patents. So that's uh, yeah, I, I, this weird guy just decided to uh, that he wants to create unicorns like surgically, uh, so th- to actually make them as a real thing, and he believes that uh, like. Uh, shepherds in ancient times have actually already done this to protect their herd because these creatures were more effective and cheaper to keep than dogs because well obviously dogs needed to be fed meat so they they created these sort of one-horned goats to to protect their herd and yeah this guy wanted to recreate that basically
0: and he was in 1984 we're not talking ancient times <laughs> talking-
3: yeah 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 he just used that as a part of his like uh like yeah the the explanation <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I guess uh, how many people? Because
1: number sixteen is unicorn horn cups were used to test whether a drink contained poison. And also, I read somebody else that unicorn horn would f- like if you were poisoned and you took unicorn horn, you were going to be cured. How many people died, like <laughs> attempting? Give me the horn! I'll be fine.
3: And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah like um I, I found it really interesting that you know uh, King James I um, actually tested this uh, this like assumption and that's when it it started to die away when he actually uh, like poisoned the servant and then uh like gave him powdered unicorn horn and uh, yeah, the servant died, so he was more skeptical and then yeah from then on this belief like started to started to fade away. but yeah they they believed this for many, many centuries.
0: You, wow. you have not heard Elizabeth I, which is one everybody knows, right, um, yeah. believed in the power of unicorn horns and purchased a great spiral horn for 10,000 pounds, which we know was probably made out of some other animal, and she probably bought it from a Viking. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: The Vikings, yeah. they're bad news, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, the one thing that stuck out to you, another one, besides the virgin one, is that... Um, Unicorn tears are extremely rare and have healing powers. And it reminded me of like Rapunzel with that one plant that like she would sing and her hair would glow because of the plant. Anyway, unicorns only. Here's the sad part: unicorns only cry every couple hundred years, so it's it really hard to get a unicorn.
0: Well, you got to be in the right time at the right place, don't you? <laughs> right?
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I can't imagine how they, what the story was that they told. And uh yeah, I, I wonder what they actually used instead of a, a unicorn tear, like, to disguise it as, as one.
1: <laughs> you know what this makes me think of is reading all these things that we have mistaken through history, uh, that people have hoodwinked other people, is what... It's going on right now that in a hundred years they are going to be like, can you guys believe they used to do that? That's crazy. Yeah. I wonder. <laughs>
3: well,
1: Shark this
0: fits. was fascinating. I didn't know any of this stuff about unicorns. I just, I just never, you know, I think it, unicorns are one of those things you kind of know exists in mythology and you just never think about it. Right. Um, Harry Potter. Yeah, Harry Potter. Yeah. There. Well, there you go. That was another one that brought unicorns back to life. <laughs> Literally. Well, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Keep on doing the fun articles over there uh, and tell everybody uh, where will, they can where they can follow you.
3: Yeah, uh, I actually have a YouTube channel that I'm really passionate about. It's called uh, Aquinerd Vlog. So if if you want to check that out, that would be really, really great. And uh, yeah, I, I hope you find some it's fun stuff there.
0: Equinerd. Yep. Okay. It's like
3: Equi, Nerd, and then Vlog.
0: (laughs) Okay. Vlog. Well, yeah, I haven't seen that one. We'll put that in the show notes as well. So, Henny, thank you you so much for joining us.
3: (laughs) Thank you. It was fun.
0: Well, she was delightful, and she might have been the first Romanian we've ever had on the show.
3: She
1: was lovely. (laughs) I was wondering what Romanian living in Wales, like. Who do you talk to? <laughs> you can't understand a word.
0: I was just under wondering what her accent would be like. It's it's. Uh, I would go with Romanian at this point and not Welsh. Uh, but yeah, she was she was fun. And for all of you unicorn lovers out there, I'll put a link to the article that she did so you can you can at the next party just tell everybody how real they really are. Uh, But right now, we have to talk about real things in real life, and that is our auditors have issues with their horses, and they need some training help. And I posted this morning in the auditor room. And by the way, you can become an auditor by going to horseradionetwork.com, scrolling down the right-hand side of the page, and clicking on the auditor banner. So did you find a question that you can answer?
1: Yeah, so here's the thing. Um su- surprise surprise next week I this is pretty cool. Chad has a 36-hour layover in Santa Barbara. So well,
0: we don't know anybody gonna, that lives there.
1: <laughs> I know, right? He's going to fly from Dallas to Santa Barbara and the next morning the the next morning, morning uh, fly back from Santa Barbara to Dallas. So I'm going to go with him and we're going to go visit Monty and Pat and Debbie and Tom uh, uh, over at flag is up farm. So I would like to say that the ones that I don't get to, I'm just going to ask Monty how to do it. You know, I would just ask him and we'll kind of play those throughout the week. So if you still have any more and this is already aired, just find that post in the auditor's Facebook page where you can ask, or you can email me a question and I'll get, get Monty to answer it. Cause he's way better than me. Um, but One of the themes throughout here was horses that bite, horses that are nippy, horses that are, uh, he bites because he's friendly. He bites because he's nervous. This one bites because it's mealtime. This one bites because... I a lot of
0: biting horses out there. (laughs) A lot
1: of biting horses. Um, So I kind of thought I would address that because there's some situations that, you know... The The best thing to do for a horse that bites is to get out of its way. All of us are always like all in their face and their business and then, and then messing with their mouth and stuff. Just stop that. Okay. That's number one. But the honest to God, number one thing, and not all of you may do this. So I'm going to give you a couple, couple different scenarios, uh, feeding treats. Okay. So I'm going to tell a tale on this gypsy that was here. So this lady, uh, sends her friend over to come visit the gypsy that was here in training to rebraid her hair. Cause the hair is an issue with gypsy. There's so much hair everywhere and she would be blind if it was not like tended to. So she puts the horse, the mare in the cross ties and gives her a treat, which, Oh my God. Treats in the cross ties make my stomach hurt. Like you're teaching horse to paw and to be bad anyway. So she's giving her a treat and then goes to braid her forelock. And of course, what is the mare going to do? continue mugging her for treats. And then she moves over to the side and the horse keeps, and then starts biting the cross ties because she wants cookies. And I was like, okay, stop it. <laughs> you cannot give your horse treats from your hand when, especially, she's tied up in the cross ties and you've got them in your little like treat pouch and you're reaching up and trying to braid her hair. And then you're getting mad at her for turning your head around because then you like push your face away, push your face away, push your face away. And then the horse is like, but I want a treat, push your face away. But you just gave me a treat. Wow. They don't know, understand the boundaries of like when they get treats and when they don't. So if you just never give a horse a treat by your hand, they will never seek a treat at your hand. And I
0: don't know anything about this. I don't know who you're talking to.
1: You know what? There's a billion ways you you put a treat in a little bucket and hand them the bucket and let them put their nose in the thing. Put the bucket on the ground. Put the treat in their bucket. Whatever. They just you've got you're causing and creating so many problems. And I know when I was at a boarding stable, people just walk around and hand, you know, you need to have a sign like do not feed this horse. Treats like just don't. It's just it's the one thing that, like, really, you know, I mean, clicker trainers, that's different. Like, they teach the horse to not mug you. You know, that's a whole different thing about teaching a a clicker trained horse. That's a whole separate thing. But when you're just a person, just Shoves cookies in your horse's mouth. I hadn't seen it in so long that when the horse, these people came, I was like, "Oh my god, what are they doing?" Stop that! Especially in the cross ties, because like they, they go in the cross ties and you walk away, and they start pawing and like, stop it! Why is my horse pawing in the cross ties? Well, because it's anticipating its next cookie. So, taking that out. So say you don't give your horse treats and it's still nippy. And, and I think Ellen said she gets nippy out of nervousness. Uh, and she gets aggressive with the nipping when she doesn't want to do something. Um, y- y- get a dually halter. This is, to me, the best way that I've found to, you know, Monty has the thing like, okay, if the horse goes to bite you, kick it in the shin, like tap it on the shin. And then every time the horse goes to bite, you tap it on the shin with your foot, like whack. And then eventually when they go to bite, they're going to look at their foot like, oh, wait, because you create something. I am not talented enough to do that. I just am not. So the one thing that all, all these racehorses come to me because I started to think about all these all these bitey horses and these racehorses come to me biting because they get tra- peppermints and hand treats all the time at the track and they, uh, there's no schooling whatsoever in biting and they all stop biting within like a week. It's weird. And I, I take away the food from the hand thing and they all just don't bite, but I'm also not harassing them. Remember that list you had last week. Don't harass your horse. Right. The other yeah. thing is that they all wear duly halter. And if one of them were to reach over to bite me, I would give a sharp tug, bam, down on that dooley halter, and that's a no. Like that's a that's a instant. Oh my god! Like they, it really surprises them. You know they they and and so there's a or the other thing I would do is that you go to bite me, back up. Again, I've told you guys the best punishment in the world is to back up a horse because it's not pain related and it's not combative. But here's what happens: is people uh, the horse bites them. And what is the first instinct that people have for a biting horse, Glenn? The horse goes to bite. What does the person do?
0: Hmm, let me think. I saw this yesterday. What did they do? They they went to – to they actually reacted toward the horse. With their yeah, hand.
1: They, they hit the horse in, in the face. So the horse bites, and they go, whack! And I have a problem with one of my – the professionals that comes out here to the farm, problem with her doing that. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> Let's not do that. Um, but uh, they go to hit, you know, the horse goes to bite and they hit the horse in the face. Do you know what that teaches the horse to do, Glenn? It teaches them to be faster next time no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, because then it becomes like you know we've all seen horses play bitey face where they like to bite each other and they lunge and then the other one lunges and the other one lunges. then that becomes a game with them the bitey face game and you're the horse and i don't ever want to be the horse okay? like i'm the human respect my boundaries respect my authority um so the duly halter and, and again I, I i was ragging my brain of like what do i do with a horse that bites because he These racehorses come off the track and they all bite initially and I'll have a dually altar on them and I'll give a sharp tug. Boom. It's called schooling on the dually, like a school. And then they don't do it anymore, but I also don't give them treats. So uh, disassociate your body with food. Uh, Ellen, who has a mare that is trying to get her attention. How uh, that doesn't make sense to me because if you're standing next to her close enough for her to bite you, you're probably giving her attention. So don't make it human don't put human ideas on it. You know, like and when you say she gets aggressive when asked being asked to do something she doesn't want to do, especially when doing groundwork, she says nipping is her go-to reaction. Why are you close enough to to her to Be in a bubble of nippiness, like with groundwork. Like, if you're working on the dually and you're that close, back her up, bam, 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 hit hit that halter. Like, you know, the dually doesn't hurt, it's just uncomfortable. And sometimes we have to make their world a little uncomfortable because they're 1,200 pounds and we're not. Um, I'm trying to see, I'm going through these right now because, yeah, you don't want to strike the horse. If you, if you, Go to strike the horse, they will learn to be faster. It's just horse. Scooter's really quick because he
0: and Nigel go at it all the time. So he's really quick. And he's half the size of Nigel.
1: Does he bite you?
0: No. No. See? but he will we'll so, go after I mean obviously he bites Nigel and they go after each other and you know he's yes. half the size so he has to be quick it's the reason ponies survive like, <laughs> oh right. I
1: love this game I love
0: yeah. this
1: game and I play that game where like I bite you and then you hit me in the face yep. and then I bite you faster <laughs> yep. and I get more out of it and yep. then you get more emotional
0: and there's and nobody bad. better than a pony at that game nobody
1: yeah, well, and also when you get more emotional guess what they do they get more emotional because horses synchronize adrenaline with whoever they're with so if you're anticipating all of these Things you're creating tension, and you you know what? Breathe. If in doubt, take a big deep breath. Do you know that one of the most fun things I do is when, I, when I'm working with a horse, and like they're standing next to you. If you take a big, honest to God, like a real big deep breath, do you know what they do? They also take a big deep breath start to look for that and start to notice it it's pretty cool especially you can do it when you're sitting on them too if you stop them and you take a big deep breath and you let it out they will do the same thing it's pretty cool so jamie
0: and i do that to each other when one of us is uh, <clears throat> on edge <laughs> there you go. let me see how can
1: i do that and i find that actually the breathing thing in my general life works for
0: husbands and wives for too. everything <laughs> yeah
1: and a lot of times when you do like if you're in a in a confrontation with somebody and you take that big deep breath like like with Lucas, okay? I'm a queen of this. Like he'll start to <laughs> man, I'll just go no go. Okay, never mind.
0: <laughs> Does that work for Chad too or just Lucas? Yeah, okay, that's the answer. <laughs> to do is be silent and breathe and then you're like okay never mind (laughs) see it works so try
1: breathing that's a big thing that's what i learned i think the most out of my monty roberts certification was just Learning to breathe and control your emotions and control your breathing. Um, but again, I, I hope I gave you guys a good answer. You know, you can find your answer in there somewhere. Everybody, there was probably four or five nippy horse questions. So hopefully that helped you a little bit. Uh, remember all, all the rest of these. And if you have any more, go ahead and submit them. And I will ask Monty when I'm there next week. We're going to actually next Friday is going to be a pretty cool episode because I'm going to sit down with... Debbie, Debbie's gonna, Debbie was scheduled to be my co host anyway. So I called her and I was like, hey, I was thinking maybe for the episode, because we haven't booked any guests, maybe we could just sit down with your parents and like have a kind of like a four person conversation, but like me kind of interviewing the three of you about what it's like to be the three of you. And she's like, oh, I like that. And I was like, but, and we're going to do it in person. Yeah, we've, I'm done, on the
0: way. we've done interviews with Pat and Monty separately. All of us have actually, but uh, not together.
1: I know. I know. It's going to be so fun. And you know what's great is if you're ta- if you're talking to Monty, he'll go, and then there was that guy that, P-
0: Pat, Pat,
1: was his name? <laughs> John. Uh, yeah, John Smith was the guy who was, Debbie, what did he? And, and and they, it's constant, like they constantly fill in the gap. So it's going to be really fun to listen to that and hear that because it's, I just adore door pat roberts and, and debbie and, and and monty so it's gonna be fun so that'll be next friday
0: that'll be this friday actually
1: this friday but yep. it'll be it'll come out late because i can't get monty up it's 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 california
0: <laughs> yeah and so it's he's not be getting up and, early
1: no no i'm not getting he's 90 ready. he doesn't
0: have to get up early so yeah yeah, yeah exactly. well speaking of schedule uh i'll be here well we'll have a show for you tomorrow karen will be here with the endurance show and then wednesday jamie and i'll be back. Thursday, I have my surgery, so I'll be out for a week. And as Jamie said, we have people filling in, so you'll have shows. Uh, I just won't be part of them. So that's it. That's it for the uh, the main part of the show. Hang around, auditors. We'll do a couple of question first world problems. We're kind of long on time, but uh, we'll do that. Um, and uh, that's all I got. See well, y'all.
1: Spade, dooter gal. Trying
0: to find the closing music. Hold on.
1: Oh by the way, on Wednesday show we're gonna talk about the dumbest ways that you've ever
0: fallen off your horse <laughs> Because I have one. There's a few of those around.
1: I might have had a fall this weekend. Oh, tell you about a Wednesday I didn't hear
0: about that. Good show. Good show. So we had a, a little bit of a British – I didn't realize that Sarah Murphy was originally British.
1: Yeah, I don't know. And Well, she's married to an Irish guy. So that was a little bit of a drop where she said, oh, we're separated.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, I
1: didn't either. <laughs>
0: uh, glad you didn't pursue that. <laughs> I was like, do I – know?"
1: You know, I'm just going to let that go. <laughs> yeah, gonna
0: I let thought that you pass. were going – for a minute there, I could hear your brain going, and I know you so well. I was like, is she good?"
1: Well, I want to hear all the details, <laughs> like.
0: And I, why exactly is it because of Rolex that you were? Uh...
1: <laughs> because you were annoying. It was bad about the whole yeah. thing. Like I mean, that, that, like, it's first thing bad I bad thought
0: bad. of actually. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I didn't know what what we were going to get uh, with the second guest, accent wise. And then when she said she was in Wales, I I have never been to Wales, but I watched a few things on YouTube that were from Wales, and I. I, I, we, I look at Jennifer and go, what did they say?
1: <laughs> One of my best friends lives in Wales, and we, when she would come over, we we always, when you toast each
0: other, yucky da! Like, <laughs> Did you understand her all the time, or if they talk fast, you're screwed?
1: Oh my god, she posts things all the time, and I'll be like, I have to send her a
0: text, I'm like, hey, so what did that mean? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, she says things all the time. It is like a
0: different country, that whole thing over there.
1: Yeah, it's a different language. They have so many
0: distinct accents in all of the UK. It's so distinct. Everybody's speaking English, sort of.
1: Wales is a different country for sure. Yeah, Yeah. and I'd love to visit her. She lives in the middle of nowhere. American Airlines does not fly to Wales. Really? Fun fact.
0: (laughs) There you go. You have to take your horse. <clears throat> so, uh, did anybody have any first world problems? No auditors with problems. There,
1: there were a few. There were a few. So, uh, I'm happy to see if we
0: do this in the post show. I can swear, so it's good. Yeah, and we can really make fun of people this way. We'll hit the music. Oh, oh, you want the music? Oh, I wasn't even. Yeah. Gonna play that a, I wasn't even going to play that in the post show, but okay, we can do that. Mm-hmm. It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good.
1: That's how it gets me in the mood,
0: Glenn. sir <laughs> uh, I know it was Glenn. my responsibility to get you in the mood, but uh, apparently it is. <laughs> at least for this hour and a half. <laughs> good Lord. Talk about virgins
1: tied to trees <laughs> naked. And now i got to get in the mood. All I
0: could think of was, God, virgins had it rough. <laughs> yeah. Really?
1: Uh, there's so many things you could say. That, but I just, I let it all go. Uh, they didn't
0: do too well with the Aztecs either, did they? The virgins? They didn't do too well either, either.
1: Just get laid, people. Just get laid and your life it will paid. be a lot easier. See? Uh, Gwen says, Chewy didn't have my food in stock when it was supposed to be auto-shipped and I work from home and I don't leave the house much, so I actually had to change out of my pajamas to leave the house to go buy horse food that is normally delivered for free.
0: Now, this is so true. You don't have this because you go outside to work because I work in the house all the time. It's the same thing. It's like I have, we have our kind of house and barn clothes and then other clothes. And it's like, I got to change to go to town. Ugh.
1: Dude, I literally live in winter at this point, winter riding pants, my tall boots, which are like the, the Dublin pull-up tall boots, and then like some sort of heated vest or something. <laughs> and so I actually, Chad Mattis, go to where he was playing golf yesterday to meet him for like dinner. And I was like... What? <laughs> Can I? It's a country club. Can I just show I up? I... I had to change. It was awful. I feel you, Gwen. <laughs> uh, Margaret says my first serious riding injury happened yesterday. I got bucked off and broke her collarbone. And in true horse trick fashion, posted the X-ray.
0: Oh, uh, I'm sorry.
1: Now That's she so... takes a different turn. She says now I can't ride and I can't run, but it's interfering with my love life. Brandy, Margaret. Really?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Love it. I think that's the first we've ever seen that from a horse girl, actually. <laughs> Usually it's like, I
2: mean,
1: I
0: can't, I can't, ride. Books, I can't ride. Yeah, like, geez, there's no, no, never any comment about the husband or boyfriend or anybody else uh, except know. the horse.
1: Uh, Carrie says it's going to be a cold. Uh, Carrie says it's going to be cold enough this week that my horse is going to need his new heavyweight blanket and neck cover, but I'm not going to be there to see his first time wearing them because I'm certainly not going out when it's that cold. <laughs> 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 she has <laughs> <to her> horse. <laughs> Screw them. They can stand out in the cold and put my horse's warm blanket on. Uh, Amy says after my. After my horse wrecked her eight hundred and fiftieth rug this season, I threw my hands up and said, "You know what? I'm revoking your rug privileges." But now she's always covered in bird poo. I'm the girl with the poo horse. <laughs> she said she has to spend an extra ten minutes getting white poop off her black horse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that
1: sucks. Uh, Summer feels so sorry for you. I have these awesome weatherproof riding pants that are super warm, but. They're too warm if it gets above 50, and I just almost never get to wear them. (laughs) Punch you in the mouth when I see you, Summer. (laughs) That's like shivering outside. Oh, my God uh sarah says my husband got me a fancy back on track saddle pad for christmas and i'm super excited to use it but i finally got back in town after the holidays and i noticed like a huge shoe boil wherever the girth goes and now i have to wait for my horse to heal before i can use my pad <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the pad it's
0: all about the pad
1: we uh, it doesn't matter us we need a t-shirt that still. says it's all
0: about the pad
1: It's all about the saddle pad, because it's true. I mean, we still just, you can't get enough good saddle pads. Uh, Aaron said,
0: you know what, Aaron? that's a real problem. It's cold. We all get it. It sucks. Um, Chelsea says... We need to start saying, except for weather. (laughs) Really? Question first world problems, but not the weather.
1: Well, Chelsea says all her friends are going down to Florida for the winter, and she's stuck in Virginia because of the job.
0: Well, it's... If you didn't have the job, you wouldn't be able to afford Florida right now. I got to tell you.
1: (laughs) Jessica says, I won the Wintech saddle at the Christmas concert. Thank you guys so much. It's amazing. But now I have to wait 12 weeks for it to get here.
0: Oh, yeah, because they're shipping it from, uh, I think they're shipping it straight from Australia. Oh, wait, on a train. Slow boat. boat.
1: (laughs) On a boat, yeah. Wendy, who's the birthday doctor, Wendy, said, I just bought my horse new blankets, but it's too hot in Florida to put them on. (laughs)
0: It has been in the 80s.
1: Another back-on-track saddle pad. Uh, a girl moved out of my barn and accidentally took my brand-new back-on-track fancy saddle pad. And she has the same exact one, but it's old and gross. And she left that one here and took my new one. Oh. And it's so old and gross. And so now I have to use her old, gross one until we meet up and swap pads.
0: Oh, accidentally took it. I'm she just going to take it. this one. Maybe she won't notice. Bullshit, she <laughs>
1: stole your
0: shit. Yeah, she did steal your stuff.
1: Nobody will notice. I'll just take this nice shine. I I accidentally took this brand new, completely beautiful, shiny one, and I accidentally left my old Jessica. She's not
0: very observant, she won't notice this.
1: Yeah, that Jessica, she's (laughs) she'll never say anything. She's too nice. Jessica's got a unicorn of a horse now, (laughs) and that she got from me. And everything has to be the best for Ivan. Uh, Betty, I love that he's named
0: Ivan. I just think of Ivan the Terrible every time.
1: Well, his actual racehorse name was Secret Deployment. And they've thought of, like, a Russian spy. So they came
0: with <laughs> the name Ivan. I, I like
1: love that.
0: Um, because you picture a I- villain when you say Ivan, don't you? I do.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, obviously.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Betty says, my birthday was last August, and I got a pair of heated gloves, and I've been waiting all this time for the weather to get cold enough to need them, and I finally got to use them, and they were fantastic, life-changing, but now the batteries are dead, and I can't find the charger! <laughs> I just had to repurchase a battery charger for my heated vest, so I get it. it's like half the price of the vest, so I'm like super irritated. And of course, I can't find the charger, and so I buy a new battery, and then two days later, Chad's like, I found it! <laughs> of course she did. So now we have a spare. Uh, Lori says, I'm looking for a horse and not having a lot of luck. And my A horse... Wait. So basically, there's a horse available near her, but she has to go to Vegas this week, and so she can't go see it.
0: Oh, we feel bad for you.
1: Are, is Vegas open? like? In yeah, they real- just
0: had CES. They just had the big Consumer Electronics Show, their biggest show of the year. Like 100,000 people there.
1: Oh, man.
0: Well, <laughs> I mean,
1: I went to the casino when I went to the Tim McGraw concert, and that casino was happening.
0: Was it? Oh, yeah. They still do – still smoking in casinos. That's the one reason I don't like casinos.
1: Okay, this was amazing. Okay. Because so you want to
0: die by the time. They
1: <laughs> had – half of it was non-smoking. And we were, and again, I don't care if people smoke. It doesn't bother me, but when you're in a room where you need yeah. a miner's cap to walk, yeah,
0: exactly. You're trying to yeah. sit, and you and I play sitting games. So, uh.
1: yeah, it was amazing. So, they have a whole open half uh, that was no smoking. And it was like, it was amazing. It was so nice. Well, and again,
0: on casinos, I like going to the casino. As a matter of fact, when we do the horse lovers cruise, we always have a casino night and we all go down. Um, but this... you let
1: those rookies go in there and
0: play blackjack? Come on! <laughs> so I, I taught her, Charlotte how to play, and she actually won. I think. So we go in there, and it's just I could only take it for an hour. And again, I don't, I don't care if people smoke as long as it's not where I'm playing blackjack. See, that's so, the even rule. Even in the cruise ships, they let. Me- yeah, well, now they changed it. It's the only place you could smoke inside the ship, you had to go outside on the deck. Uh, but they, and even then, they had designated spots. It, it would. I wouldn't go on a cruise if I was a smoker because it sucked. <laughs> so, but they now since COVID, they've stopped smoking, and I love the comments. There was a thread of about four hundred comments about from that, and seventy-five percent were people going yes, and then the twenty-five percent smokers were pissed. So, so there's
1: no smoking sections on boats at all anymore?
0: There is, but it's outside on a deck, you know, in the back corner. <laughs> so you can't like
1: even... a torrential downpour.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you have to go outside, upstairs, down, it's cold, you're screwed. And the casino was the only place that you were allowed to. And, and now I'm like, yes, no smoking. The casino would be so lovely. Sorry, smokers. So again, don't
1: bother me. Do you be you? But like, yeah, getting a casino is pretty
0: frustrating to be part of it.
1: Hey, did you were you like me? Were you had to look up? she said she's from Transylvania. Did you have to look that up to see where that yeah, is?
0: Yeah, it's in Romania, and I knew it was the home of Dracula, but I couldn't remember what country. So
1: yeah. I'm like, I'm it is. Did Romania. I get
0: that right? It is Romania, right?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. But now I'm on the map. I can't find it. Where is Transylvania? I mean, who... like wow.
0: It does have the castle that everybody, you know, thinks about. Um, but you're right, it's not coming up. Oh, there it is. It's right, like, in the middle. There's some weird names in Romania. And Mar- Romania's beside Moldova.
1: <coughs> Again, all these places I've never been. Hey, honey, can we go to, like, Romania and Moldova and... Belarus and...
0: Which is right beside the Ukraine, which the Russians are threatening to invade right now. So maybe not Ukraine. Skip Ukraine.
1: Belarus. Um, Yeah, Belarus. It's not Belarus. It's Belarus. He's
0: probably been to some of these places. Your husband.
1: Uh, He's been everywhere. Yeah. With the military. He went everywhere.
0: Braz, braz Brazov. Of course, she left England and didn't go back, so... That's true. (laughs) So there's that.
1: She didn't summer in Kosovo.
0: (laughs) So it says here that Transylvania is actually a region in central Romania. So it's not a a specific town. I always thought it was like a town, but it's a region. It sounds pretty, though. It looks pretty, all the ancient, you know, Saxon walls. Yeah. Gothic churches and, you know, uh, Dracula, all that. Okay. a lot of vampires <clears throat> they're probably real too. uh we need to contact our guests today, and i'll be in the next well, article
1: the, uh, yeah the, exactly <clears throat> unicorn this time we want vampires next time okay? <laughs> there we go all
0: right, we gotta go. see you, everybody
1: all right. bye.